Good morning and welcome to the Wizard in the World podcast. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here on your podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. And you are officially my first guest, which is so exciting and mind blowing. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) To everyone listening, this is Sofia Pinheiro. And I cannot think of a better first guest. Sofia, I thought of many ways to introduce you. But I thought the best would be if you introduce a little bit about yourself um, and your own background, and then we can take it from there. Excellent. Um, Well, like you said, my name is Sofia. I'm from Argentina, but I've been living in Belgium for quite some years now. I think 10 years already, if not more. I've traveled a lot thanks to my dad's job. He's a diplomat, so we've been living a bit everywhere. And thanks to that, it kind of got my, I got very, very curious about different cultures. It was very, a very exciting time to start traveling and discover a new country, a new language, new culture. So I, <laughs> cheers to dad for that. And now I'm based in Belgium, but I'm with my husband. We've been married for almost five years and we've been together for 10 years now. We, uh, we kind of live a, an unconventional life. He's a paragliding pilot, and we travel. We use his sports uh, as a as a way to travel the world and, and and look for the most remote places to fly and 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 produce all this content, show the people the beauty of our nature through the sports, and um, and then and then go meet all these people from different cultures, different religions, and. Uh, and uh, and yeah, just share the passion. We That's lived on amazing. a sailboat for many years, which I loved. And then I got pregnant. I did my entire pregnancy on board. I came back for birth. And um, and then COVID hit. I had a second pregnancy, completely different from the first one. And and well, and now yeah, we, we've been here, but a bit everywhere as well. Oh, it's so vague. It's it's really hard to introduce oneself, you know. And when somebody asks you that, you always end up talking about other people. You know, I mentioned my dad, I mentioned my husband, but not really myself, you know. So um, yeah, everybody should have it's like that. a signature. <laughs> but it's such it's such a pertinent point because I think our identity does link very much to how we relate to others and how others relate to us. And one key thing in everything that I just heard you say is really about identity. So. I would describe you as a citizen of the world. You know, you grew yeah. up around the world, amongst the world, and that is very much who you are today. So notwithstanding, as you're saying that you live in Belgium, I know that you're moving soon. And you were saying that you were living on a sailboat for a number of years. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, of course. We um, one, A couple of years ago, Tom had a big accident. He had a big paragliding crash. And then he was lying down in his hospital bed, and then we were kind of discussing the future and um, and you know what could be also a different possibility for for our jobs because we work together. And and then the idea of a sailboat came. Um, yeah, just it was born there. It, it was kind of a a moment where we said, okay, we. I love. I've never been much into the mountains. I'm not a good skier. I I did not grow up, you know, in a very mountainous environment, and but I love the sea. I love the water. I always felt very connected to uh, the ocean life, and for him it was the other way around. So that was the first time we started discussing and talking about it. And then 
he when he felt better and all this accident was behind us he had the opportunity to go on an expedition in the in french polynesia they were on board a catamaran and they they traveled for like two and a half months and then i remember i was still in in university i was i, w- I was i was about to to go for a oral exam and then tom calls me and of course i answer when I should have been studying and reviewing my last notes. <laughs> and then he, t- and he tells me, okay, I have a great idea. This boat thing is incredible. I think you're going to like it. What do you say? Like, we buy a boat and then off we go. We set sails and we go sail around the world. And, and I was like, wow. am I supposed to answer this right now? I'm about to have this exam. And then, but of course I was so excited. And then, uh, and then, of course, I said yes. When he came back, we started actively looking for for a boat. But then we also had to learn how to sail because we had absolutely no idea of, you know, what a how really? to sail boat. You worked. know, I, I actually yeah. thought that you were that you were sailors. I thought that that was no. how it happened. No, 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 absolutely wow. not. We had no idea. I mean, we I've been in a boat before, Tom as well, but we never we never sailed on our own. So we had to learn from scratch. We it was so exciting because it was a whole process where we had both to, you know, it's not like it was his passion, his idea, and that I needed to follow up. I was as passionate as him. And so it was really like a couple's thing and for That's our beautiful. job. And and then we started from scratch. We had so much fun learning and gaining all these experiences. And then one day we found the boat. So I still had to travel a lot and, and do this, all these expeditions. So I was kind of left alone dealing with this whole this whole issue uh, re, re, not rebuilding but uh doing all the the fixing on board at the at the shipyard with all the guys and it was a very fun experience but also very challenging because it was you know it's a very macho it's it's not a very let's say woman friendly environment well and it's overwhelming uh, you, it's so overwhelming and all this pressure is on you like okay this boat has to be ready in five months so I would work so hard from Monday to Sunday, countless hours of the day. And the more, the more, you know, the more disgusting I looked, the the better the boat was. So it was like, okay, I need to be, <laughs> I need to look so terrible. So that means the boat is going, but it, because I was killing myself for that boat. And then when everything was, let's say, ready, more or less, I mean, the boat it did not sink. So we left. Uh, we left Brussels and and we started sailing. We had to be end. Of, it was in July. We had to be end of September in the Balears, in Mallorca, because we were getting married there. So that was kind of the ultimate test for all wow. of our friends. They were like, "You guys have never lived together more than like I don't know, more than a month, uh, a month in a row, twenty four seven with each other, and now you're gonna go from that to living on a sailboat." Uh, okay it's kind of a risk and, and it was we never we were so used to having all this long distance relationship and then all of a sudden we were living together in a small you know in a, in a small such an adjustment boat yeah such an adjustment and but it was it was incredible i think it was it was one of the best experiences of our lives especially learning and all the excitement of you know the beginning of the journey and then of course we were sure and pride, i was sure we I mean, the one <laughs> and pride yeah. absolutely <laughs> I mean, when you said, I mean, I can only imagine the, I don't know if shock is the right word, but yeah, I suppose it is a shock in some ways because 
I've also been in long distance relationships and I've, I used to find that you would create an image of the person in your head. I mean, of course, you know who they are and, and, and you love seeing them, but you know, when they're far away, it's kind of, you interact when you want to, there's the phone. And then the reality can be quite shocking, especially I would find the first few days. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned? And I don't necessarily mean as a couple, but even just for you as a human, what was really this, the one thing or one of the biggest things to come out of this time on the boat together? That's a great question. I think, I think when you, when you live in such a small environment, uh, like on a sailboat and, and you need that self, you know, that me time, that self alone time, it's not, you cannot just leave the boat. I mean, it's just water surrounding you. You cannot just go. So you, you, you start discovering different ways to disconnect, whether it's, you know, watching a film, reading, listening to a podcast, you kind of shut down mentally. And then you see, you see when, when you see, for example, if Tom would see me kind of shutting down, he would never disrupt me. He would never just interfere. He knew like I was in my time and he would just respect that time. And same for me when I, I would see him mm. outside or inside when I had something to tell him. And then you just, it's like a look on your face and, or he's just, yeah, listening to to his thing, and then I would just leave him, and then respect. All of a sudden, yeah, it's like the respect for each other's uh, need of some some me time, some self alone time. Otherwise, just it's just you know you're all over the place, and it's and you need that. I mean, he, we were both very independent humans, people, so so it was very important for us to have that kind of moment, and 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 have the other one to respect it as well. I love that. I mean, especially when you said the, the independence, I mean, that's something I can really relate to. And something I've been exploring recently is independence versus interdependence and how being interdependent doesn't actually mean a total loss of independence. And I think it's also a very like modern perspective, which is we have to be totally independent. Whereas actually, no, like, can I trust in this process? And letting myself relax almost into this person, relax into this relationship. I mean, you were saying that that you obviously now I know because I know you have two beautiful children and mm -hmm. you lived on the boat with them for a little while as well. And I imagine that that would have also, I mean, motherhood generally, I've never had children, but all of my friends who have say it is like your own identity is reborn. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, yeah. how did you or did you even reclaim your identity or was it an utter transformation, especially again in the context of being in this very small space where there was really no escaping? It's, it's, I think it was the most intense and interesting period of my life. I think I'm, I'm still are in it, but the, the, you don't expect that. And nobody really tells you how you're going to feel, how, how that, you know, how this happens. And we all talk about, you know, we talk about the baby and how you might feel physically and maybe a, a bit mentally, like you're overwhelmed, you're tired, but you know, there's this whole thing, like, you know, exactly what you mentioned, your whole identity. You don't expect that every, at some point, all of a sudden it's, you're, you're reborn again. And, and the, and, and as time passes, you see your, your child, you know, growing up, and he has this 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 personality. Or sometimes you see you see yourself in them in something that you know it's a mirror, it's a projection. And sometimes you're like, mm. okay, he's acting you know this way. This is so typically me, and I hate that about me. So I have to 
I accept it, but also I can make an effort and to improve it so I can show up, be a better example. So there's this whole kind of, you have to re-question yourself. You have to, you want to be the better version of yourself for your children. But at the same time, you have to respect who they are and who you are, and you will never be the perfect parent. And so it's, yeah, it's, mm. it's just, it's a massive roller coaster, And, and you, nobody you know really prepares you for that. No, that's what I always joke about. I mean, the, the, all of the important things in life, there's no manual for, you know? Um, exactly. <laughs> but did you ever see the poem um, about children by Kirill Gibran? I never know how to say his name, no. Gibran, Gibran. But, oh, it's beautiful. It, it says something like, um, your children are not your children, but they are the longing of life for itself. And though mm -hmm. they come through you, they are not from you. Um and this idea that, that as you were saying, you know, they may be a mirror for many things that you are, but they really are their own and that we oh, will be the ones course. to learn from them, not as much as them learning from us. I mean, I think we like to think that we're teaching our children things, <laughs> but really, I think they're it's probably hard. the bigger teachers. That's really true. That's really true what you say. And it's beautiful. They, somebody once, once told me as well that, you know, they are all children, they, they, they choose their parents. So sometimes you you don't understand why you know your kid is so different to you, or but at the end of the day, you would always be the best parent to your child. So that's very reassuring as well. No matter how different mm. and how tough it might mm. be, it's like sometimes they come into this world because I don't know they need to know something, they need to learn something. Maybe from okay, we're getting very open and very, but like maybe from a past life, and so it's very yeah. interesting. And like you said, it's it's all about accepting also who they are you can see certain patterns from your or your or one of your family members uh personality but then with their own personality and their environment where they grew up it, it, it it's everything has a you know it could always they have their own their own being and their own uh no, no matter how hard you try they will always be who they are and of course and it's just fascinating to just just to see how that will evolve and i mean my kids are still so young i think jackie's only three years old leonor is one and a half so but just even at such an early stage in life you can have already this you can observe you can you can feel it and you can see them so it's just fascinating and it's such a mixture of a wow of you know his dad's family tree and all his family members and mine and then all of that is it's it's there because you know you're filled with all this dna and all these patterns and and okay and so he's and now he created his own as well so it's very it's so very beautiful interesting. Yeah. i mean it's definitely something i've been asking myself as well recently which is um because i do believe as you said that children choose their parents and so i've been asking myself i'm like okay what did i come to learn or to teach you know from my family and i think I know that I definitely used to have a tendency when things were maybe trickier. And I think every daughter has had, or son, every child has had a tricky relationship with their parents at some point. And I would kind of want to almost escape from that. And now it's this process of looking back and saying, no, you know, I, I probably did come here to learn certain lessons. And can I, can I really embrace them? And can I learn from them? But I actually found the poem and I'm going to just read it to you because it's so beautiful oh, and it goes like this it. yeah so it's called on children by khalil gibran 
And he says, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. The end. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, I'm I love it. That. <laughs> we actually read it at my sister's uh, christening. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Um, gosh, so many, so many good things. I'm not even sure where I want to go next. But <laughs> I think where I want to go next is actually, we've been talking about the present and the future, but about the past. Because when I met you, you actually said something to me that really changed the way that I view my life. Um, and I don't know if really? you're even aware of that. Yeah, we were talking about past, past experiences. And I remember you saying to me to not be ashamed of my past and that nobody should ever be ashamed of their past. And it sounds so simple, but I think we do. I think I think a lot of us carry so much shame around you know, experiences yeah, that so maybe went baggage. wrong or so much baggage or like this or that yeah. will help you perceive it. And I thought you had such a beautiful perspective and would you be willing to share some more? Of course, I don't remember exactly what I said at that time. That's okay, it'll, but, it'll flow. But, yeah, but basically I think, like we were saying, everybody has their baggage. There's no, no, no such thing as a perfect, a perfect past life. I mean, if it, if, if it was perfect and you have nothing to think about, or it's like you have never, you did not grow. You have not, you have not grown. So your baggage is, even, even the bad experiences is what, is what shaped you and made you the person you are today. And just for that, how can you regret that or be ashamed of that? And if you're going in that direction and you're always, you know, trying to just, you know, to be mindful about the things you do and the choices you make and, and yeah, you, you, you make some mistakes, but more than mistakes, there are lessons, there are experiences and let's Mm. never say no to experiences even when they're bad ones it's still a lesson it was an experience that also helped shape you you know what that that actually just gave me goosebumps because it reminds me of I read something amazing the other day which said your soul says yes to an experience not to an outcome oh well bing there you go yeah right and it's funny because I think we have such well I definitely have such a um an inner desire. I mean, it's probably my control freak side of wanting to know the outcome of everything. And yeah, yeah. really it was just the reminder that that's not the point. That's really not the point. Yeah. It's like they say, it's not the destination that counts, but it's, you know, it's, it's the path. It's the journey. Mm. It's the journey. It, exactly. And sometimes you just don't know why you're doing it. But then after a couple of years, when you look back, you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Now I get it. 
So when you don't have the Absolutely. answers right now, that doesn't mean they will not come out or appear in the future. Just life is just like you say, this is such, such a, a M, an Emily phrase or a quote, but when you say like life is, no, wait, what was your sentence? Like it's surprisingly it, intelligent. It was, or, it was, yeah, basically, I mean, it's like the French say, la, la vie fait bien les choses. Life does things yeah. very well. Life does what exactly. it's doing. Exactly. Absolutely. And I love that. And we don't, it's true. We don't always know or understand what, I mean, I, it's funny. I, I met a, I actually met someone this weekend who, an amazing girl going through a very painful heartbreak. And she just kept saying to me, but he was so perfect. And I just can't understand what happened. And I was saying to her, well, you don't need to understand, you know, you just need to trust that there is a reason, even if you can't see it now and mm -hmm. better things are coming. Of and course. you know the mind wants to like it's an addiction i i've been joking to my friends recently actually that i'm an anxiety addict which <laughs> and when i say this some people around me they're like no but you're not anxious at all and i'm like no you have no idea the things that go on in my mind but you're it not is alone like... in your head <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh this is amazing um you are also a podcast host and yes mm. well i'm i'm trying i have not launched it yet it's still like in the process of and just the fact that you have done it like now it's like okay now i need to keep because i've started recording now i just have to do it you know just okay get the laziness you know put it in a box and just do it stop finding excuses mm. do you want to tell us a little bit because i mean it's going to be out so soon so for anyone hearing this if you come and listen to Sir Sophia's podcast, what will they hear about? Well, it's going to be in French and it's called Swell. Because it's a little wing to uh, my boat life. And I love it. Um, yeah. And it's kind of a, well, it's basically, I came with this idea while we were traveling and on the sailboat. Every time we travel, we would meet the most interesting people, have the most interesting conversation. And it's basically just giving the microphone and, and, and have everybody, anyone who wants to listen, stories about people, their lives, uh, some anecdotes. And there's always, because in every conversation and with every pe person that you meet, there is always something you can learn from or learn of. So, mm. you know, it, it, it's exchanging, it's conversations. And I try to, you know, you try to choose the, the people that, you know, that have something to say. And it's not only the it, like you know, like the famous people, people everybody follows on Instagram. That's not the point because there's so many people who don't have the spotlight on, but their story or what they've been through, it's so, it's so worth knowing and 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 learning from. So um, it's basically that, just exchange of conversations and and stories and backgrounds and uh, and, and have so a good time. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm too. so excited for it. It's going to be amazing, and. Uh, <laughs> Generally, for anyone who's listening, where can they find out more about you? I think the best is Instagram. That's where I'm most active and where they get they get kind of the whole like the whole picture. They can see what we've done with the sailboat, our travel adventures, our family. So yeah, I don't although I don't really expose myself much on Instagram, I'm not the kind of of profile where I start sharing about my life and all the details. I'd like to keep like sort of some mm. certain things private or share them on the pod. I think the podcast would be much more interesting. I, I, I never go so deep. 
about myself on Instagram, on social media, but on the podcast, I'm all in. Like there is no filter. We can swear. I we can love just it. Talk how we we can be who we are. And I whereas on it. Instagram, I feel like there is a big control. It's like an image. It's a c'est une vitrine, like we say in French. Mm, it's when you it's go. A window. Uh, yeah, it's a window of a little panel of you know your your general life, but it's oh my gosh, just a tip of the iceberg because the whole. I mean, all the crunchiness, all the exciting is, well, it's underneath, of course. And it's hard I mean, to portray yeah. it sometimes on social media. Well, it's funny about the podcast because I feel, I mean, I put very little on Instagram. Instagram, for some reason, makes me feel, I don't know, just something about it doesn't work the same way. But on a, and I, I think to some degree I'm a private person, but then I'm here on this podcast and I'm like, let's talk about everything. And for some reason, the podcast feels safe. It is safe because it's it's a real, true, honest conversation with someone. On when you talk with when you're talking with someone, you 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 know you're dealing with the person, even though you don't know the person completely. It, it's you can you can always relate, exchange. There's something very natural. Whereas on Instagram, you share it's kind of like a one way conversation, and then all that comes with it, all that either negative or, or, or positive validation. It's so unhealthy. I mean, even though, I don't know, let's say you have 400 followers or 5,000 or 20,000, you know, it, when you go, when, when we did not have Instagram and you would walk on the street or meet someone, it would be natural to accept or to exchange. And then the, the person starts saying, oh, I like this, or I, I, don't, I don't really like what you said that. But when you have like, 400 people or 20,000 people tell, telling you, you're so beautiful, you're amazing, and they don't know you, or you're just a, you know, you're, mm. you're a piece of shit. I mean, it's not <laughs> healthy either. It's so, well, it, it, it has such a bad effect also on, on yourself. And, and so it's really important to dissociate both things. Of course. I mean, even you, I just had an image right now of my, my dad always talks about how I mean, I say, I mean, we're a messed up generation with a photo obsession, but even in the way that we interrelate. So my dad would, my dad is mind blown by the way that we communicate nowadays. And the fact that a lot of this is, on, I mean, my dad doesn't even understand Facebook or Instagram, none of it. And he will always tell me, I mean, he was, um, he did his master's in the States in New York. And he will always tell me, he's like, Emily, if, if you met someone, be it a friend or a potential date, you would exchange landline numbers for a start they didn't have mobiles you would make a time and a date and you would show up and then I mean you wouldn't be able to cancel because you know you couldn't just text them and say no and then you mm -hmm. would go you turn up and you would actually have to communicate and to talk and you stayed in touch actively with other people I mean because what made me think of that is I actually deleted my Instagram for six months a few years ago and it was honestly the happiest I've ever been um yeah really and but the reason I turned it back on is because so many people I mean friends even close friends were using it as a way of communicating so people would say oh so and so died why didn't you you know reach out to me or I've had a baby why didn't you reach out to me and I'm saying well you didn't tell me and they say but I put it on Instagram mm. and it's become like a kind of a almost like a postal service you know like for announcements and you're meant to kind of I don't know it's very it's a very, very strange way of interacting, but one that I think we have to like get on board with. Yeah, but and it's also, I mean, it's a bit fake. I, I, I get. I mean, I'm on it, so I mean, I'm, uh, I'm also. I'm not saying, you know, I'm nobody to, to tell anything, but it's just 
when you really care about your friends, sometimes it's easier when you say, okay, I have a, a big news to share. Okay, I'll put it on Instagram. But the your best friends, you all you tell them, you you reach them, you, t- you make time to call them. You cannot just say, we yeah, we 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 exchange on DMs and like each other's picture and call that a friendship. A real friendship is somebody mm. you reach out to and you make time and you FaceTime and you it's not just um liking their stories and and and, and sharing their post and comments that be a, that's not a real friendship a poem you make time and you face time i love it <laughs> yeah that's true real friendship it's true it is true i wanted to ask you just uh two more questions before we go the first was obviously you mentioned your past growing up kind of around the world and then with a sailboat and all of these experiences if you had to choose one place that you've been to, which would your favorite place be? Oh, that's such a hard question. Every place has its thing. It's very hard to choose because even, you know, weather related or culture related, it's really mm. hard. That's why I love the sailboat is that you can just move around with your house. And when you're sick of, you know, one point, you can go to the other one. And then when you're sick of, you know, the hot weather, you go to the colder weather. Mm. It's hard to pick just one. I think every place has its... Has its magic. I love, exactly. And mm. and I, I, love, I love the extreme situations, you know, when you go from... You know, being on a remote island with, uh, you know, with with nothing around you for a couple of weeks, and then boom, you you sail and you 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 make it into a you know a city and you can go to the theater and then you amazing. Can do, it's like okay, just you know, twenty four hours ago we were so far and now we're here and then we're you know on the pub we're having dinner and you know it, it's I love that that that's kind of a, a how we like to proceed. You know, as a as a family, as a couple, mm. all this. Yeah. So every place has its own. Has its. Magic. I love being on a remote island. I, I love being on a remote island, but I also love, yeah, being in the big city. And oh, it's so hard. It's really hard to pick just one. No, but that's a good answer. And last time um, that we spoke, I know that Tom, he is an explorer. He was away for a month, and he was in Pakistan. Is that right? Yes. Is he back now? So he's coming back tomorrow morning. We haven't seen each other oh, for wow. uh, more than a month. I know, I know. So we have big, big, um, like family retrouvailles, reunion. Um, so exciting! It's very exciting. He, he's. I think he's even more excited than us because he hasn't seen the kids for like more than a month. So mm. now it's going to be very, very cute, very fun, very sweet. A lot of big quality time ahead. Um, and I love that about our family. I know. I know it's not meant for everybody. And it's it can be tough, but I, we always function this way. I, I always love the distance and then you know meeting again. It allows us to kind of keep the flame going and yeah, and to and, rediscover and kind, each other with fresh eyes. Exactly, absolutely. All of a sudden, you missed each other, and when we're together, we really want to make the most out of it. And now, even with the kids, so you know, I, I might need a, an extra break maybe from parenthood. So and Tom needs know to be with them so it's easy for me to um you know we kind of redistribute how we function as a family and maybe i can take it more of a time off during the day and then he you know he becomes kind of the homestay dad and i start you know okay getting Mm. up early in the morning and then you know get my podcast going and all these things so it's nice to sometimes in um to exchange roles uh, inside the family absolutely 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I love all about it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you because I just, honestly, I think you're such an incredible woman and an incredible mother. And I'm so excited for your podcast. It's going to be amazing. So for oh, all of our you. French listeners out there, you've got to go and follow it when it comes out. And um, the way that I'm thinking, I mean, obviously you're my, you're my first guest, so this is all very new. But what I was thinking for the ending of every episode was saying, ask me anything. So is there anything that you would like to ask me before we go? <gasps> That's a great ending. I love it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thanks. Um, honestly, I want to ask you just a simple question, but people just don't, don't really, you know, when I just want to mm. ask you how you are, how are you? But not just, oh, I'm fine, thanks, you know, all good. It's like, how are you today? Mm. I am well today. I'm in a process of very deep shifts at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm super into astrology, right? And yes. so I'm currently in what's called my Saturn return. And I'm not going to go into it too deep, but, but it usually comes with a whole host of very deep, big changes. And... I would say that I'm uh, in a process of, I don't know if it's a contradiction, but you know, at the same time as there's loss, there's always new beginnings and renewal. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like at the moment I'm shedding a lot of old layers and discovering new parts of myself and kind of making renewed commitments. So I am currently living in Cairo and I had to go and renew my visa today and this morning. And it it felt a bit like renewing wedding vows. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually really liked it because it was, you know, it's, a, it's an every six month kind of thing. And it's so funny, even like from a personal perspective, like the first time I went to get the visa, you know, what my relationship status was then versus what it is now. <laughs> and, you know, the different people that come in and out of our lives and kind of being a marker of time, but also of change. And then like looking back and thinking, okay, this is visa number X how different do I feel since then? And is there still a place that I'm choosing to be? And there's something very affirming about that in oh, being absolutely. able to make a positive choice for what we want rather than just, you know, letting life kind of, you know, it's beautiful. Whatever. That's beautiful. Um, and I love that. It kind mm, of forces you at least, you know, that thanks. end of this month, you have to, you have to, yeah, you know, stare at yourself in front of the mirror and be like, okay, I'm choosing to stay and, Last yeah. time I came here, where am I going? And exactly. What am I looking for? And mm. it's so it's beautiful. So no, it's, I love that. Yeah. It's so interesting. Thank you. So yeah. So Thank that's uh, and actually, I will also say, but it's my birthday in two weeks, and that feels quite big. Not because it's my birthday. I mean, I love my birthday anyway, but because it it will be hitting 30 and then pretty much also the end of my Saturn return. And so I'm kind of expecting to be like hit by lightning if everything to suddenly make sense in my life. <laughs> I oh, don't wow. know. Wait, you're really turning 30? Or are you you're yeah. turning 30? Okay, yeah. yeah, that's a big step. Oh my God, yes. It's great. <laughs> I love turning 30. Oh, okay, we have, maybe you have, to, you have to record or do like a mini episode you know, on how you're feeling that day. Okay, today oh marks the day of my 30th birthday. <laughs> That's so exciting. Well, you, of yeah. course, I will call you on Thank your birthday. You. I and can't I wait. Thinking of you, it's going to be so exciting. I think the 30th, it's like the new, the new 20. It's, it's awesome. Well, what I love is that everyone says that, you know, I think more and more with age, you know, 30 is the new 20, 40 is the new 30, so on and so forth. And I hope that whatever age it is that we keep 
learning and growing and discover new parts of ourselves. I mean, it's it's all magic, really. It's all magic, yes. And and we're lucky to you know get older, wiser, but happy to be mm, here. We're very lucky. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing. Sophia Pinheiro, everybody. Ooh, round of applause. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Em. Thank Love you. Love the podcast. Everybody go listen. <laughs> and go follow <laughs> Sofia. Have a beautiful day. And thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for joining The Wizard in the World. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much for all your support. We can't wait until next time. Until then, don't forget to stay magic.